Thanks for tuning in to localjobnetwork.com radio, where you can find all of your favorite employment-related shows. I'm your host, Katie Chesney, and you're listening to I Want to Be A, a show where we walk our starry-eyed job seekers to the reality of how to get their dream jobs or careers. And if you want your special celebration, whether that be a wedding, corporate event, or some other celebration, to be special, chances are you're going to look for the best event planner in your area. And today we have Amy Zeroff, principal of Amy Zeroff Events and Design, joining the show to dive into what it takes to be a successful event planner. So thank you for joining the show today, Amy. Thanks for having me. Now, I'm just wondering, what attracted you to this industry? Well, I have a history of television production and owning a restaurant. So mm-hmm. The combination of hospitality and production really lent itself to the world of event planning and design. And I wanted to figure out a way that I could bring the two worlds together and creatively bring form and function into the marketplace. Okay. So uh, in 2004, I purchased an existing invitation stationery and gift shop, Mm -hmm. and I decided to transform it into a one-stop shop for all things events. Awesome. When you were growing up and and you were thinking about what you wanted to do with your life and your career, was event planning something that ever occurred to you or, you know, because it kind of sounds like you just fell into it. No, it wasn't what I was planning. And in seventh grade, I took a family trip to D.C. Mm -hmm. And at that time, I said, I'm going to go to school in Washington, D.C. And I want to be a television reporter on Nightline with Mm -hmm. Ted Koppel. I don't know if you remember Ted Koppel, but anyway, he was an icon on ABC News. And I really did follow that path for a long time. And I stayed in D.C. and I worked for all the different TV stations there. Just the whole concept of production, producing an event is a lot like producing a TV show. Okay. So years later, I just said, you know what? I I think that this would be a great niche. I saw uh, a void in the market for full service design and planning in the Midwest. And I just took the opportunity. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, it sounds like you might have a background um, as far as education goes in TV, media, or communications. Do you feel that that background has really assisted you as you started your business with events and design? Absolutely. I think that, you know, I always tell people that come and interview with us or informationally or interns, there's kind of an innate skill set that you need to have to be in the event world. Mm -hmm. It's like if you walk, if you're walking and you see a napkin on the floor, there are those that walk past it. And there are those that pick it up because they can't stand the fact that it's on the floor. Mm-hmm. Those are the people that end up, I know it sounds silly, but those are the people that end up having that gene, mm-hmm. uh, you know, to be in the event world. You have to have your eyes open and you have to anticipate needs before anyone even knows they have the need. And that's a lot like television. In television production, you, when you're telling a story, there's a distinct beginning, middle, and end in mm-hmm. a television show. And if you've done it right, you leave the guest wanting more for the next episode. That's the same thing with an event. You are telling a story and you're seamlessly moving your guests through the event, through the story, and then at the end, they're sad that it's ending. Mm -hmm. So yes, I think that it is those same skill sets that lend themselves well to at least the production side Mm -hmm. of event planning. No, I know that there are some degrees out there for event management or event planning. Um, Do you think those are really beneficial for individuals looking to start out as an event planner? I don't think they're necessary. I think that it's great if you go to a school of hospitality. Mm -hmm. I see that students that graduate from hospitality schools tend to be going into sales and catering or meeting planning or conference planning. Mm -hmm. But I don't tend to see the social market or the experiential marketing world, meaning 
when you have large corporate events where you're immersing your guests in a whole experience, mm-hmm. I don't see that those people tend to have had degrees, you know, traditional degrees in that sense. Mm-hmm. I think interpersonal communication is huge. So if you take a liberal arts track mm-hmm. and you're learning great interpersonal communication, great speaking, those types of things, you also need to know the basics of business. You okay. need to know how to read a spreadsheet. You need to know how to read, how to budget for your guests and read a profit and loss statement. All of those things are really important. So Mm -hmm. basic business classes would be encouraged. Okay. As you've kind of grown your business and you've brought on different team members and everything has really grown and expanded, have you found that any continuing education would be required? Absolutely. I think that there's a lot of industry-based education, so it's great to be involved in various organizations. For example, ISIS is the International Special Events Society, mm-hmm. and you know those types of organizations where you can go and get additional hours or additional certification. Knowing food and beverage is also very important in our industry, okay. and being safe serve certified can be helpful even if you're not a caterer, meaning you're able to jump in the kitchen and you know all of the food handling specifications. That's a really important thing. And food and wine pairing is Mm -hmm. also very important. So taking even basic cooking classes and food and wine pairing classes and educating yourself in those ways. I know that your business, you have multiple individuals that work with you to kind of make these events everything that they can be, the best that they can be. Do you feel like this is something that anyone can go out and find an organization like yours and apply and maybe get a job? Or do you think that this is something that you really need to start your own business to do? I do think that there are lots of jobs available for people that want to enter the event planning and event design world. Mm -hmm. However, the track to get there is hands-on internship experience. And oftentimes, those internships can also be when you're out of school. So believe it or not, many of the interns that have worked for us are recent college graduates who have other part-time jobs Mm -hmm. and are working with us at least three days a week and then on the weekends when we have events to really get that hands-on experience. Because in my opinion, there's no better training than on-the-job training for this particular career. Okay. Let's switch gears a little bit and really talk about that day-to-day life of an event planner and talk about that hands-on part of it that you were just talking about. What does a typical day look like for an event planner? Well, the fun, the fun answer to that is that no two days are ever alike. Okay. So it's, it's always different and, and exciting. However, the constant is that it's always intense mm-hmm. because for every event, there are at least, and I'm not exaggerating, 1,500 or more details that go into that event. Wow. So, for example, an event producer will spend, on average, about 350 hours working on an event before the event happens. Mm-hmm. And it could be six months to a year's worth of planning. In my business, an event producer is typically working on somewhere between eight and 10 events at a time. Wow. So you have to be juggling a lot of details. You have to have wonderful interpersonal communication skills going on with the vendors and the creative partners every day. Mm-hmm. So you spend a good deal of time on the phone working with your creative partners. You spend a good deal of time out in the field at venues. The event designer and the event producer will go together to source products for mm-hmm. the event, such as linens, florals, decor, you know, built elements, all of these things. So they may be out in the field doing that. And you're spending a lot of time, especially on the social side, mm-hmm. talking with your clients and a lot of times acting as a psychologist 
Okay. <laughs> especially, especially in the wedding world. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't hurt to have a minor in psychology. <laughs> Um, that's just a joke in the event industry. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of weddings, as an event planner or designer, as you're working with individuals that are getting married, how much does that psychology portion play into it? Like, do you get some really outrageous requests? And are there really, is there really like that much fighting? Like, what is that really like? And as someone that might be considering this, should you be concerned? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great question. Um, I don't think you should be concerned. I think mm-hmm. what you should have is the is the wherewithal to understand that in business nothing is personal, mm-hmm. and when you're dealing with the social clientele, you have to remember that hopefully for them this will be the one and only time in their life that they're doing this. Mm-hmm. And if it's done right and the experience is fantastic, it will make everything easier. So you want to manage expectations okay. and you want to set forth right in the beginning with your client. Here's how we do what we do. This is our process. If that syncs with who you are as an individual and as a couple, and you think that you're on board with the way we do it, great. If you're not on board with our process, here are three other companies that might be well-suited for you. As long as you are giving people other options and not just saying, sorry, we're not it, Mm -hmm. then I think, you know, you're doing your job well. But I don't think it's something for a person that wants to enter the industry to fear Mm-hmm. I just think that they need to understand that you're not only managing the details of an event, you're managing the emotions of people mm-hmm. in the social arena. All I can think about is that TV show Bridezilla's, and <laughs> I hope it's not like that for people. And one thing that, I, that I've always wondered about would be the hours for this kind of work. Now, I imagine a lot of your events are on the weekend. So do, when you have those events on the weekend, do you just kind of plan your week out so you have your weekend on maybe like a Monday, Tuesday rather than a Saturday, Sunday? Or how does that kind of work for you for you guys? You know, in our industry, we all joke that there's a gene, you okay. know, the event planner gene. Mm-hmm. And the gene keeps you up 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and this business never sleeps. Okay. We really do work on average six days a week. We have to be open Monday through Friday during normal business hours because, you know, your clients are always in need of you. Sundays are typically the day that we truly do have off, but because we are both in the social and corporate arenas, you know, events are every day. Mm -hmm. So a person that wants to get into this industry needs to understand that there are no traditional hours. It's not a nine to five job. I think on average, you will see throughout the country, it's not a very high paid job either Okay. um, because you simply put in the amount of hours that you put in cannot always be recouped, you Mm -hmm. know, in fees. It's just not possible. Because, you know, the average wedding in the United States costs somewhere around $28,000. For people that just want to be a wedding planner, Mm -hmm. you know, if you think about 350 hours, (laughs) not including the event, and what portion of that budget is going to be spent on the planner, you know, it's something to pause and think about. Mm -hmm. Now, as far as planning that actual event goes, how involved are you? I mean... We're talking about 350 hours across six months or a year of planning. So are you making all of those decisions? Are you just kind of like processing all the paperwork, making sure that everyone's where they need to be, that kind of thing? Or what does that look like at the on the back end before the event? In my particular business, when we say we do full service, we mm-hmm. really do full service. And okay. our company is best suited for clients where they have an idea what they want, but they really want to hand it off to somebody else and mm-hmm. have them do everything. Okay. So we go through an extensive interview process with our clients, and we really get to know their likes, their dislikes, their what foods do they like, what movies do they watch, 
what books do they read? Mm-hmm. And we get a lot, of, a good sense of their design style. Mm-hmm. And then we secure all of the long lead items. So okay. those would be the venue, the entertainment, the photography, videography. We do it with their input, but we are not the kind of planner that brings the client with us to all those meetings. We've kind of likened ourselves to matchmakers okay. in that once we've gone through this interview process, we really get a better, deeper understanding of who they are. And then we know from you know years in the business who's going to be the right match for them, for their style and their budget. Okay. And then we do that. And then after we've secured the long lead items, then we spend several months on the design of the event. And six months prior to the event, we this is just for our social clients, okay. we present a design presentation, which is a real up close and personal look at your event. We'll show you three of the real tables with the real decor, the real floral. We'll do the tasting. There won't be anything that you will be surprised about at your real event Mm -hmm. because we have just given you a mini version of your event six months prior. And then if we've done our job right, the client really just has to hurry up and wait, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, they've made all their decisions six months prior. And then we go into production during that last six months. We produce everything that they've seen. Mm -hmm. And then three weeks prior, we send a comprehensive document called an event order to all of our creative partners. And that is kind of the culmination of all the 1500 details. Mm -hmm. So that if, God forbid, somebody was sick that was on the production team, someone could literally pick up this document having never seen it before Mm -hmm. and run the event if they had to. Okay. It's that comprehensive. Well, that's good. And now I can understand why 350 hours are on average needed to plan an event of that scale. And on the surface, before you know, we started talking today, I always thought that event planning would seem like a pretty fun career, like all the fun things that you get to do. <laughs> but as we've dived into it, I've, I've found that there's a lot more challenges than it really seems like. So from your perspective, what have you found to be the most challenging about your career as an event planner? I think it's really what I said earlier. It's Mm -hmm. remembering that it's business Mm -hmm. and it's not personal, even though we are dealing with life's most memorable personal experiences Mm -hmm. most of the time on the social side of things. So I think that, you know, that's that's important to remember. But but I also think I probably get literally 75 or 100 resumes a month from people who really think, oh, I I helped my sister plan her wedding or Mm -hmm. I really think event planning sounds exciting and fun. It is exciting and fun. It's rewarding. And the wow that your client feels when they walk into the room for the first time is so rewarding. Mm -hmm. But the reason why you should want to get into this business is because you want to create something out of nothing and see it through and tell the story from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. That's the real reason. Not because it sounds glamorous, because it is anything but glamorous. Well, I'm glad that we found that out today. (laughs) If you had to do this all over again, if you could go back and and change anything, would you choose the same path? I believe I would, but I probably, I've really enjoyed the reinvention over the years. Mm -hmm. You know, having come from television production and then owning a restaurant and then kind of falling into this, I am a firm believer that change is good. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I first went to college, I was, my parents were of the mindset that you know, you got to stick with something, you want to try it for a while. And, you know, don't throw the towel in after a bit. And I never did things, you know, a month here, six months there. But I believe that if you know, in your heart, that something is not the right fit, it's okay to make a change. And so long as when you're interviewing, you can explain to someone, at least in the creative world, Mm -hmm. I don't know about, you know, other industries, but in the creative world, 
if you really know why you are passionate about something and you feel it or you don't, that's good. Mm-hmm. Listen to your inner voice and then do the things that make you the most excited. Because when you're excited, your work is inspired. And you know, with that final piece of advice, I think that is a good place to wrap up today's show of I Want to Be A. And we've been speaking with Amy Zeroff of Amy Zeroff Events and Design. So Amy, thank you for joining us today and sharing your experience and your expert advice. We do appreciate it. Thank you. Now, to find more employment-related shows, head over to ljnradio.com. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions for future shows, please send me an email at ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com or send me a tweet at the LJN on Twitter. And once again, I'm your host, Katie Chesney with LJN Radio, and I wish you the best of luck with your job search.